Hey, 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 welcome to the Sports Reverence Podcast. My name is Dan. And my name's Drew. We're no experts, but we are the Sports Reverence. Train to Invest is one of North America's leading investment education and training corporations. Our purpose is to provide a new way for families, individuals, and communities to think about wealth management. Through teaching, training, and coaching individuals in the art and science of self-directed investing, we focus on a foundation based on capital preservation. Train to Invest offers a complete education and training experience focusing on fundamental analysis, technical analysis, risk analysis, and developing skills for active trading. To find out more, visit our website at www.traintoinvest.com and download our free ebook to start your journey towards financial freedom. Again, that's www.train2invest.com and download our free ebook today. Hello, everybody. We're excited for the MJ Doc Part 4, Episodes 7 and 8. It was such a good couple episodes. I was immersed in it. I want to do a shout out to all the mothers out there. I hope you guys shower, showered your moms with, with gifts and, and love and care and that uh, you just appreciated them because mothers are awesome. So let's get into it right away here. Drew, coach. Welcome, coach. Coach is back. What's going on, fellas? We, I want to know what was your first like initial thing what's one thing there's so much that came out of it one thing that stuck out to you from this whole documentary episode seven and eight I mean. well as a baseball fan uh i've watched other documentaries about this before too and um this idea that mj was not a good baseball player is overblown a little bit um obviously like he struggled with the curveball like most people do, but uh, Terry Francona said it best, I think. Give him 1,500 at-bats, which would be three years of baseball. He thinks he would have made the majors, and he drove in 50 runs. Uh, even, even though he hit 202, um, he was getting better. He could smash fastballs, and uh, and I think he was athletic enough, and and he just – the drive to get better – I think there's no reason to not to believe that he wouldn't have been in the MLB at some point. That Wild. that's the thing that always stands out to me talking about Michael Jordan. So cool. Coach. Man, this is going way back, but I remember I think this finals with the Sonics is my first real recollection of watching basketball with my family. Daniels in diapers and huddled yeah. around the TV. Uh, I think we had a 32-inch like uh, Panasonic I think it was the first time we watched with my mom and my dad and we just watched. It was amazing. It was such a, it was cool looking at the footage and being like, oh, that, I remember this court. I remember this game. I remember these shots. It was uh, real, really nostalgic to, to watch that and remember the, the family bonding time we had about that. Uh, so that's what really stuck out for me. Sweet. I, uh, the one thing that stuck out to me out of many was uh, Jordan's relationship with his teammates and how he was feared, but yet pushed them so hard, but still beloved. 
And I love the part where he was talking with Steve Kerr or Steve Kerr was talking and saying, uh, uh, I punched him right in the chest because I was, I was sick of him giving it to me all practice and tra talking trash all practice. And, and Jordan came back and knocked him right in the eye. And, and uh, Phil Jackson had to throw him out of practice. Throwing your, your, your all-star MVP player out of practice is pretty, uh, pretty intense. And then it was cool to see the relationship like where Jackson, Phil Jackson went to Michael Jordan and gave him a call and said, you know, man, you're out of line here. And Michael Jordan's like, yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm going to give Steve a call. And, and yeah. that actually propelled their relationship to be better than it ever would be. And it also, uh, you know, there was a mutual respect there because Steve Kerr wasn't going to back down. He's a competitive guy. And Michael Jordan uh, obviously was a uber competitive guy. So to see that level, you need those teammates to be on the same level, the compete level that Jordan was on. Like he had to bring you there. So I thought that was really cool. It stood out to me. Okay. So let's jump into it, guys. Um, let's start with uh, the, the first thing that kind of came up was Michael Jordan's relationship with his dad and, and then seeing the way the dad passed away. Um, I actually didn't know that there was a murder investigation behind this. I thought it was a either a natural causes or like sickness um, that made uh, James Jordan pass away. But Drew, what was your thoughts, your initial thoughts on seeing that and some, some insight? Yeah, it's just hard not to get emotional uh, when you watch that. Like we were talking about, there's a lot of tears in this, in these two episodes, but uh, yeah, like you, Dan, I, I had no idea that's, that's the way it happened. And, um, but I love seeing, the relationship between him and his dad, like his dad was his biggest supporter um, and pushed them to be better. And uh, they talked about everything together. Even when Michael was talking about his decision to go play baseball, he said, that's something his dad was saying, yeah, go do it. And, and uh, he just was pushing him to be great. Um, yeah, I know we'll get into this, I think a little bit, but it's also, just crazy to me to think about the reports that came out about whether uh, the murder was connected to uh, MJ's gambling and stuff. It just blows my mind that that stuff got in the papers and like it's just such low There's no validity to, to it too, yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's just ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I love, I love seeing Michael talk about his dad and like the type of dad that he had and and uh, you could just tell they were like best friends and, and uh, it seems like a really close knit family, even with his mom and everything too. Yeah. Which is really cool to see. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. Um, even from the previous episodes, when Jordan was going to the whole gambling thing, his dad's like, I got the interviews. Mm. Take that off, take that burden off of him. Right. So yeah. And then when, yeah. when in grade nine, when he was messing around, his dad said, okay, you want to do that? You're not going to play sports. Right. So you, you see that. Yeah. When he was younger, he was that father figure and disciplinarian kind of deal. And as he grew up, they, they built a relationship. And I think a lot of, a lot of men struggle with that of building that relationship with their dad in a positive way. And this is something really cool to see uh, somebody who is this uber famous, ultra competitive guy still showing his dad respect and building that relationship. And, and like, as Drew was saying, to even think that somebody would try and connect his supposed gambling with problems with his dad getting murdered by two 18 year old kids. Yeah. That is, that is just, it's so sad and heartbreaking that 
that's how far people are willing to go to even to shoot somebody down and to get their name on a headline. Mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What'd I thought you... it was, oh yeah. I thought it was really cool um, to see, yeah, just to see the authenticity that he had with his love for his dad. Uh, when they were going, uh, when he's going to win his first uh, championship of the second three-peat against the Sonics, after yeah, he wins, honestly. you see him just bawling and crying and on the yeah. ground. And uh, it was on Father's Day. And uh, mm. um, they lost the first two games. Or they lost game, what was it, uh, four and five. Um, and Jordan didn't play well. And a lot of it, I really believe, it's probably because he had his dad on his mind. It was a time that was just very tough for him. They said in the doc that uh, he struggled every year after, uh, during Father's Day specifically eh? so I think that played a, a huge role because uh, the funny part about it is Gary Payton was talking about you know I wish I started covering MJ from the beginning you know this series might have turned out actually differently and then Jordan's watching that on the tablet and just bursts out laughing and and uh, it said no Gary Payton had nothing on me so yeah. Yeah. Uh, no I problems with that. the glove yeah yeah no problems with the glove that's right that's and uh that was good. So it was really cool to see that authenticity. Like he's real. He's such a real guy. And um, I was also just honestly, as I was watching it, I was comparing it to uh, an NBA dad that we see today. We see a guy like LeVar Ball, who's <laughs> a little bit more, you know, it looks like he's self-seeking compared to a dad that's ready to step up. Like you said, Joel, our coach, uh, to take an interview that he doesn't want to have to do um so it's uh, it's really cool to see a good dad that steps up and and uh hopefully jordan learns to be like him too and and is with that with his kids right so i guess you know he never he never expected to play basketball again his dad was at his to him his dad saw his last basketball game right yeah. and he was pumped about that he's like okay I'm, I'm okay with that yeah i mean when he comes back and and then goes to the finals he's like man the first three dad was here and now he's not like and I think his mom was very poignant, and she said, he, Jordan, Michael wouldn't let us down and feel sad about it. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, dad's watching, dad's here, you know, that kind of stuff. And, that, and I think in, in such a family, like, you got you got a widespread – he's not the oldest, right? So in a widespread family like that. Yeah. Hey? I said, yeah. Yeah, to bring everybody together and just say, hey, don't be sad. Because he, he knows everybody's feeling. Yeah, I think that's a testament to how how good of a person his dad actually was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I like the the comment uh, when they show the scene of the funeral and Michael's talking about his mom, saying that we have to look at the positive side and we have to remember the good times and and he talked about how it actually brought their family closer together, even closer than they were, right? Because they had to support each other and get each other through that. Yeah. And yeah, he went on to say, like, take, use that for everything in life. Anything you take negative, you got to look at the positive and look where you can turn it positive. So I thought that's mm-hmm. really good. That's pretty uh, biblical. Right? Yeah. Good application for today, I'd say. Yeah. Now let's turn to a guy that just hasn't looked good during <laughs> this po- this uh, documentary, this docuseries. And I'm not talking about Jerry Krause. I'm talking about Jordan's Robin here, uh, Scotty Pippen. He has just I'll, I'll let you guys dig into this first oh, i'll man. just give the little background from it um the year jordan is out uh doing his baseball thing scotty pippen 
they're uh, I think it's the Eastern Conference semifinals, yeah. I believe, and they're versing the Knicks, and it comes down to a a, a game a game winning shot, and Phil Jackson draws up a play for Tony Kukoc. The I guess he was a rookie, right? Uh, the uh, yeah, he's a rookie who. Um, he drew up a play for the final shot and they show these clips of Tony Kukoc being clutch all season, hitting these final uh, second shots. And Pippen's like, no, I'm not having any of this. I'm out. He sits on the bench, doesn't go in the game, but yet the Bulls still run the same play. They win the game and Pippen looks extra bad. All right. I'm going to toss it to Drew. <laughs> Your initial thoughts. What do you well, think? My initial thoughts was to text you and be like, how much of a baby is Scotty Pippen? And like, because honestly, I I could have given him the benefit of the doubt, like of being upset about the play getting drawn. But to go that extra step of just like sitting on the bench and shutting down basically. And you see his teammate, I forget who that. Bill Cartwright. Bill Cartwright coming, coming on side him like in his ear, like. I can only imagine what he was saying because we heard what he said afterwards too. And like in the playoffs, like I can almost understand it in a like regular season game more than this, but you're in the playoffs. They're down 2-0. They're down 2-0. And you're a team and like, and we see clips of the exact same play run where Tony Kukoc hits the shot and it almost looks the exact same, like where you don't know where the pass is going but yeah um but yeah scotty pippen just looks so bad in this situation and i especially don't like the way he responds to it in the doc oh, yeah doc, like like he he says if he could go back he wish it didn't happen but then he also said if i think back i probably wouldn't change anything <laughs> and it's like if you wouldn't change anything that means that you think what you did was like okay almost like you're justified in what you did and i just didn't like that uh bad teammate bad all around like it just looks super bad coach 100 i think there's two main instances that scotty pippen looks like a bad guy first was him delaying his surgery for the start of the last run and second was this that I, this story's been floating around for a long time. It's, I mean, it's not new to me, but this is just—it's just such an egregious thing that it's not Scottie Pippen and the Chicago Bulls. No, it's the Chicago Bulls. And when you play it like in tennis and those individual sports, it's different. It's all on you. You get to make that decision. What what happens? When you're playing a team sport, it's about the collective. It's about doing what is necessary to win. And I think we were talking before this. Like we all had experiences where we thought that it should go our way, but it didn't. But we, I, I know for a fact that none of us would have been, mm, I'm going to sit this one out or I'm not going to try <laughs> or I'm going to run the play wrong. Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's just no fathomable area or decision where we would make that call. You don't think you would run the play wrong? Final second sure. shot, the ball comes to your hands eh. instead of making the pass, or were you but, doing? But he me? said, Scotty. Scotty said that he was the one that was getting drawn up to throw in the pass. Yeah, right, right. And I think, and which is interesting because a lot of times we always look at the shot and whatever happens on the court, 
But the guy inbounding the ball is actually the most important guy. Yeah. True. Right? Um, I, I think that this is a very bad look for Scotty. And just to, to, to say to your point, Drew, yeah. Like, he's saying, yeah, I wish it didn't happen, but I wouldn't change anything. A, you, that means like you're, you're absolutely right. You don't think you did anything wrong. And B, you're not learning from it. Right. And, that, and, you, and you see that when he delays his surgery. So it's just, I think it's just such a, it shows his character, really. Like, to show how prideful you are that you can't admit that you did something wrong. Yeah, yeah. and I think, I think Pippen throughout the whole series has had sort of like this woe is me yeah. uh, mentality. Like, he wants people to feel bad for him about his contract and about all this stuff. But I just don't buy it. Like, you're, you're seen as one of the best players in the league mm-hmm. at that time and one of the best players of all time. Like, I think he's on the top 50 list, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. And, like, you don't see guys on that list take this mentality. Like, yeah. no. you see and guys that are that gamers. He made so much like, money. He right. made so much money after the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't. I've I haven't found myself feeling bad for him or yeah, but yeah, it's just a bad look too. I okay, well, I'm not defending Scottie Pippen here, but yeah, like are. I do understand his frustration. Absolutely, oh, he yeah. shouldn't have sat out. Absolutely, you never quit on your team. That's horrible. But like to have a play not drawn up for him was pretty insulting. Like he has been in mj's shadow and then mj left and then he stepped up brought the bulls to a good competitive spot where they could compete for a championship still and then they drop a play for tony kukoc this uh yeah, but, guy but, hasn't established but, we've, but we've seen we've seen from the first three pete like this is the way phil jackson dropped like it's getting everybody the ball. Like no, it's the, the first three feet was Jordan the ball, and Jordan had to learn how to actually listen here, to coach. As a coach, as a coach, you're you have part of your job is managing egos, but main job is to win the game, right? And so, as a coach, you're you're gonna say, what is the best play or best situation that I can get whatever the outcome that I need. Right. So in this scenario, let's just say Scotty's out there on the court and the play's drawn up for him. They're sending at least two guys at Scotty. And remember, the doc said Scotty was more of a facilitator than he was a scorer, which is important. Right. So if you're sending two guys towards Scotty, that's going to increase the difficulty of the shot. Right. So why wouldn't you use Scotty as a decoy? Why wouldn't you use? And hit the cool coach. It's about it's about planning. It's, it's also about principle too, right? Like, no way Jordan's letting a play being written up for someone else. No way Kobe's letting a play being written up for someone else, right? At but the end of the game, the breath of work is different. I would I would give the shot but, to Jordan. But Pippen, but Pippen was that's what he was aspiring to be, right? To take yeah, that role. The breath of work for Tony was huge. We saw what four or five different game-winning clips. In that season alone, he's not your regular rookie coming out of college. He played against grown dudes in Europe. So he's not yeah. coming in as a as a, a wide-eyed rookie saying, oh, man, look at me. Kyrie he's took there. the shot over over LeBron. Well, it's because yeah. LeBron passed it to him. Didn't, didn't want to take the shot. Right? That's, that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. But <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, you're right. It's a bit disrespectful. 
but also if everything has, changes if he misses that shot though is what i'm saying true. right but and it was an he's an awkward shot it was an awkward I shot think, it wasn't an easy shot but it looks even worse for scotty if he, he doesn't go in the sword. game and he misses the shot it is, looks worse you think absolutely oh yeah oh yeah if you're sitting on the bench while your team misses a game-winning shot then they should have given me the ball the game was tied it was going to go to overtime if they missed though that's true Still, I just, I just. Do you think Phil puts him back in for overtime? <laughs> uh, did he, Joel? You were there. If, if the if game he cho- no, if they if he didn't if hit misses. that shot. Oh yeah. And Scotty chose to sit on the bench. Do you think Phil puts him back in for overtime? No. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think so. so either. I think Phil is like Phil's not like a angry kind of coach though. He's like super hippy dippy, right? So Pippen would be like, "All right, coach, you need me now." Let me in. No, no, no. I don't think Phil, so. Phil's hardcore in some aspects, though. I think he would have said, you made your choice, now live with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It was cool to see Bill Cartwright, like, have this big speech afterwards. And it was emotional. And Pippen apologized for it in the moment. And then came back and played really well. He had that iconic dunk on Ewing where he, like, flies and over a monster posters on him the next yeah. game. They end up still losing the series, but uh, it was, yeah. It but, was, then, but then both Kerr and Jordan say this story is going to follow Pippen for the rest of his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, that, and, it's, and as you see, it's going to taint so many people's opinion about Pippen now. Yeah. Especially I, the younger generations, right? For sure. For sure. I'm tainted. I, I, I love, I thought Scotty was more of a team guy than really what he really was. Like, it's pretty crazy. But kudos to Kukoc for hitting that shot in the first place. Oh, man. Can you just imagine that, like, he's like, bro, what is just happening? <laughs> like, we're going to supposed to win this game and Pippen sitting out. Like, th- there's just the pressure went from here to, like, catastrophic. And it's just like, yeah. and, he's, and he has, he hits it. And I think it goes to show, like, he's a really good basketball player. Yeah, Tony Kukoc was great. Really good. Yeah, he was great. So Jordan actually had a lot of solid teammates when you think about yeah. it. So, um, okay. Anything else on Pippen, boys? No, don't I'm be done. like Pippen. Yeah, don't, don't be done, like Pippen. Don't talk like about Mike. Pippen. I think if uh, we should do like a wager and if we lose, someone has to wear Pippins for a year. Can't wear a Jordan shoe. Does Pippen has one shoes? release of a shoe. And uh, no one ever wanted to buy it, right? Who wants Scotty Pippins, right? So I love, I love that scene where uh, Pippin shows the Air Jordan and Jumpman, yeah, on yeah, TV. and tells him to come back. Yeah, yeah. that was, uh, that was good. Because they were good. losing, they had a tough year that year. Speaking of which, that's perfect transition. It all talks about Jordan's will to win, jumping back, coming from baseball, having a baseball body, and having to work out to be back in NBA shape. Um, it was probably not too long after Pippen shows the sole of his foot with the Jumpman logo and the finger to say, come back, come back. And uh, then Jordan comes back wearing number 45. Drew, did you know that Jordan, wore, that Jordan wore 45 for that long? Was it long? I, I knew he wore it for the, the season and a bit. Yeah. I think it was like eight games or something like that. Maybe a little longer than eight games, but then he switches to 23 in the middle of the Orlando series. Yeah. It's pretty epic. 
So, okay, what do you guys think? What do you guys think of the, that section of Jordan's will to win? Start think, with you, Coach. Yeah, I think as a leader, you have to back up what you're saying with your actions. Whether you're leading in a corporate setting, in a school setting, in a team setting. If you're going to say everybody has to do X, Y, and Z, but you're not willing to step up and do it, you're going to lose a lot of respect. You're not going to have the trust of your teammates or coworkers, whoever you're leading with or whoever you're leading. And it's not going to work out well. I've been on basketball teams where, you know, guys talk a lot, but don't do anything. I've also been on basketball teams where guys talk and they back it up. And I think in this situation, a lot of people are like, Oh, Jordan's so mean. Who cares? <laughs> your job isn't to be nice. Jordan, job is Joel, coach, you can't say that today. Okay. You have to be friendly. And, and I will, you can put this on record and you can put it on a billboard behind me. Kids are soft these days, right? There's, yeah. Who cares about a participation ribbon? Like I want to win. And if I want to win and I'm running my sprints full speed and somebody else isn't, well, I'm going to call them out on it. If I'm running the inbounds play correctly, we've done this 10 times and somebody keeps screwing it up. I'm going to call them out on it. Now, may, would I necessarily curse them out? No, that's not necessarily my style, but I would have words and I would back it up. You have to lead by example. And I think Jordan epitomized this. And we talked about Steve Burrell off, off camera here. And that's the exact same thing. He talked about putting guys through war, putting guys through hard times so that when the hard times came, they were able to handle it. He talked yeah. about, um, he talked I was going to say that uh, it comes off like Jordan's kind of being for, uh, like an enforcer. But what yeah. I see from Jordan's perspective is that he actually really cares about this guy. He sees potential in him yeah. and he wants to push him to his best, yeah. get him to the level. He knows how to, where to go and wants yeah. to get him to where that level is. And, and he, I think that he's up here and he knows not everybody can go up here. There's just Michael Jordan level and there's everybody else. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he knew that. Well, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe not. But he, he expected to pull, everyone to be. He wanted to pull everybody up with him. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I think that's, as a leader, if you're going to talk to talk, you have to walk the walk. Yeah. Now, like, if you look at Duncan, Duncan really wasn't a, a big talker. But he pulled guys up with his play. So there's not necessarily one way to lead. But I think that the, the main concept is, you have to walk the walk or whatever you're talking. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Drew, what do you think? Yeah, like I I think uh I, I think it was Bill Wenning Wennington that said like yeah, some people would look in and say that he's being mean or whatever, but I think looking us as teammates would look back on it and say, Yeah, he was a really good teammate because we needed that. Absolutely. Uh, he he gave us what we needed um when we needed it and again leading by example is something that he did all the time and i i'm reminded of the when they lost to orlando and his trainers like let me know when you want to see me and he said i'll see you tomorrow right <laughs> like like he wow. knew like most guys want to take months off or a week like at least weeks off. Couple weeks yeah yeah and he's back in the gym the next day Yep. Uh, and he wasn't going to be denied the next year. But can you like imagine 
uh, a more motivated than ever Michael Jordan coming back for the second set of three well, and, rings. And like I forget, was it one of the reporters that said he came back more focused and more yeah, yeah. more goal oriented, and yeah. that the only goal was to win a championship, which is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I loved how he also motivated himself, even if he had to make things up, right? Yeah. And um, I think that's going to be like a running thing throughout the internet now of uh, just making things up to motivate yourself. And um, <laughs> yeah, Le- Le Bradford Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Poor kid. Poor, poor kid. Uh, and, then, game, um, and then, yeah, good game, Mike. That's, oh, that's so good. Um, and then, uh, was it, is it, uh, what Armstrong was it? BJ. BJ. BJ Armstrong, right? Yeah. That's really cool. Like he came out with the Charlotte team and like he had that Jordan mentality and yeah. and he won a game with it. Like that's shouldn't crazy. have stared down the bench though. Yeah, no, no. or chirp Michael or anybody. <laughs> yeah. But I think at that point he knew that, you know, this was my moment. That moment's not gonna last. I probably understand that. I'm gonna I'm gonna cherish this moment. So yeah. Um I what love did, that. What do you think about his demeanor in training, Daniel? Like what did you think? I, I love it. I love it. I wish, I think it's a lost art. I wish that people strive for that more. I see it in Giannis who went from this like super skinny stick now into this muscular Adonis of a man. That's what he is. He's a Greek Adonis. And, um, and he, I really think Giannis is like a guy who, Will, will develop like you already see his improvement in his three-point shooting and his yep. mid-range a little bit his free throws are still real bad but i'll like this two-month period where he's going to get healthy and he's going to still work out and get his shots in he's going to be deadly for the playoffs if the nba returns right and uh, uh i don't you don't see that so much anymore and, well and that's uh, that's the difference you see with him and ben simmons right like oh yeah, yeah. you that's don't see point. you don't see that will to want like he doesn't even try like how many attempts at shots does he take like yeah um another good example is markel fultz yeah yeah see i I don't know how much of it is like a will i know that jordan had this level that was higher than probably most people of like physically getting there and like getting your body right and all that stuff but the mental part of it like i think that's what holding that's what holds Ben Simmons back. Well, right? that's what I'm saying. Ben Simmons has all the tools in the world to exactly. be the best oh. player in the league. Yeah. Like, <laughs> one of the best. He could be yeah. one of the best of all time, right? Yeah. With his Why, skill yeah. set. He's a big dude. And like you get $70 million. You figure, okay, I'm gonna put up a thousand shots every day to get something of a jumper. Doesn't have yeah. to be great. Well, no, like that's no, that's, it just has to be a threat. So yeah, because you see defenses just sag on him now. Yeah. Right? So, so easy to play defense. It's just, I think it's a confidence thing, though. They said Shaquille O'Neal, in practice, he'd be able to hit so many free throws in a row. He said that he, Shaq quoted this, saying that he's hit 100 free throws in a row in practice. But when it gets to the game, it's a whole different level. Yeah, so. I mean, a comp, but, uh, that, but that's also different, too, now, right? You're, 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 the, you're supposed to be the guy in Philadelphia. Yeah. Right? And there's, and there's no improvement whatsoever. If there's incremental improvement, fine. Sure. I'm all about that. But there's none. There's, you can, yeah. He's played the exact same way for the last four years. Look at Siakam. True. Right? 
True. That's a huge point. Right? He he's put in work. He's got he's even though his jumper looks funky, and the dude looks like he doesn't know how to play basketball on the court. He gets whoa, to his spot. Whoa, whoa. He's all arms and stuff. Come on, he's not elegant. Okay. He, well, we saw we saw that with DeRozan too. Like yeah. develop yeah, exactly. he developed yeah. he developed his shot over time. Like yeah. it takes commitment. It takes getting in the gym. Uh yeah. Gotta and, put in the work. Yeah. And I think Michael Jordan modeled that. Yeah. The best that we've ever seen. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. So yeah, at that end, like for sure. I I think that's a lost art. People need to bring that back. Hunger for that more. Um, I will side note here. There is a sports science of having no fans around, like that plays a huge factor yeah. in your shooting, right? So Absolutely. what will this look like if we get the NBA back? There's no fans in the stands. Will people's free throw percentage go up? Will their shooting levels stay That's the same? That's a good point. Right? Good like, point. how does that affect? Is, does that lead to an asterisk beside their championship because of this? No. I, I think um, you have to factor out. You also have to factor in the the rust too, right? Coming off a layoff, you know yeah. what I mean. How much rest is there really going to be, right? Like, well, apparently there's tons of guys who have access to hoops. Oh. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, but all the all his teammates hoops because they didn't have them. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what they, they can't afford three hundred dollars? No, it's probably you no. Know, do you know what it probably is? They can go to the gym anytime they want, right? So they don't need to have a hoop in their backyard. They'll just go to the gym, open it up, and they'll play. Do what they need to do. I don't know. Just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and most guys live in apartments and condos, right? Why? Why do you say that? Because we're because if you're living in the city, you you're not you're not gonna commute. Not like Kobe, but like what you're not city? Gonna, like most, New York, most yeah, only New York, and some of LA, Milwaukee. You're living you're living in the city. You're not living. Yeah, but you can buy a house there. In not in downtowns. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. Trust me. Oh, because I've been to Wisconsin. I've been to Wisconsin. There's not a lot there. But Milwaukee is a city. It's not just it's not just farmland. I, I know. I'm just saying there's there's houses. They can buy houses. I'm probably sure most of them live in houses there. Okay. Okay. Well, anyways. All right, fancy TO. Let's go. Yeah, I'm big time, you know. Um, Anyways, let's move to the pickup games in that uh, uh, when MJ brought all the boys in to do pickup games uh, when he's filming Space Jam. And it's pretty cool to see Reggie Miller's comments, eh? Um, Reggie Miller was talking about how filmed all day, got his workout in, did a three-hour pickup game, then did a workout after that, then got up early. Can I I start with this? Yes. I think... This is absolutely the smartest move by MJ that he could have done. <laughs> because they said in the doc, he looked at all of them, he watched how they played, he looked at their weaknesses, and That's they true. did a scouting report on them. Yeah. I, I can't, I've, I've never filmed anything, and I can't imagine that he had tons to do during the day. <laughs> There's obviously points where, you know, he had to do his CGI stuff, whatever. Right, but he Space Jam is good at learning his lines. Okay, yeah. Space Jam is a very long movie or a very <laughs> complicated movie. Yeah, and he was mostly working on like just to have all. If you could have all of your quote unquote enemies come play basketball with you, 
and you learn because he's been out for a while, right? There's new guys he's never seen before and stuff. It, I think it was just the absolute smartest way to destroy everybody. Yeah. I think, and that, and that's what really st- stood out to me. Not the whole energy thing because you saw in '92 when he went when he went to Barcelona, the dude didn't sleep. All Olympics. True. He's kind of been like that all the way through, but like to be just saying, okay, this is you, this is you, this is you. Whew. Brains. Smart. Just smart. smart. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, I I thought it was super cool. Like even like uh, his request from and Warner Brothers was like, don't even worry about it. Like we got, we'll build you this facility. Yeah. And it was like awesome. Uh, so cool. And I thought it was just cool, like seeing if if you look down the sidelines, like everyone's like just there watching. Like I'm sure the crew from the movie like loved yeah. coming in and watching these games. And that'd be unreal. He's yeah, so cool. it's it just awesome. I and and the amount of work that would go into that movie like you don't really think about it because like it's an older movie and it's just like a cartoon whatever but like the amount of work that would have gone into that and the commitment that went into it was unreal it's too bad to be filmed the games yeah I think that would be that'd be legendary for sure what did you think daniel yeah, I thought it was really cool that they build them a whole court um, and that all the guys just found it like the highest compete level ever, right? Like, I don't know how they can play the game without like a ref though. Like, it was so physical and like, how yeah. do you... But these are all, like, they're not, they're not going to call like cheap fouls, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You and then like... if you call a foul, then you're soft. Yeah, you, yeah. you have your reputation to protect. Reggie Miller looks like a guy that's going to call fouls, though. Come I was on. just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, like, it's not like LCS alumni ball here where he's got these little kids. Oh, you fouled me. It's like, no, bro. That's just not how this is going to work. Uh, me and Drew don't get invited to that. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I haven't. I don't, I don't live there, so that's fair. But Drew does. So. Drew's outside the perimeter, so it doesn't count. <laughs> uh, well. Talk to Manny. That's how I played basketball outside the perimeter anyways. <laughs> that is true. There that is go. true. There you <laughs> go. From Bubs, that's for sure. Yeah. The corner. We can just take all those guys. We each take one from each year. There's always one of them, right? There's Bubs, there's Drew, Jared Clawson or something. I don't know. Yeah. There's always somebody. There's always someone. Dazzle. Dazzle. Oh, yeah, Dazzle. Dazzle. If you're listening Dazzle, Dazzle that's definitely you. Shout out to Dazzle. Mike Miller. <laughs> <laughs> or Dario Saric. I don't know. Uh, I like the Mike Miller one better. All right, guys, let's finish up with some Jerry Krause talk. Oh, wait, time up. Before that, are you guys going to watch Space Jam 2 featuring no. Mr. Mr. Hard LeBron? Pass. You're not even going to watch it? No. Hard pass. If I, you buy me a ticket, sure, but I'm not spending money to watch that movie. I'm just assuming I'm waiting till it comes out on Netflix or something. Yeah, if it's on Netflix, I might watch it. Definitely like, you know, not definitely not spending money to go watch it. Like, because I heard there's some pretty cool NBA players that are going to be in it. Dame Dalla, Steph Curry. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't appeal to me. I see Steph Curry all the time. That's true. Okay, fine. You guys oh, don't watch it. Here's, here's the thing. If LeBron made a movie that was his own, okay, maybe. But Space Jam 2? No, you can't. There's no way. Okay. Also, everyone and their dog is now also making documentaries from Dwayne Wade to everybody else. 
Um, are you going to be excited to watch those kind of documentaries? Kobe's I am. Definitely Kobe's I am too. Yeah. Dwayne Wade's don't care. <laughs> LeBron's? No. Don't care. <laughs> the Redeem uh, team? Uh, yeah, well, I like I like Olympic basketball. Yeah, I'm down for that. Okay. Okay. All right, let's finish off with uh, Mr. Jerry Krause. You guys wanted to talk about him, so I'll give oh, that to you. No, I think we've specifically said no. We didn't want to talk about him. Okay. One thing I'll say, the only thing I'll say, and we can end, we can, this is the last thing we talk about Jerry Krause for today. He, it's unfortunate that he passed away. Because I would love to have heard the spin <laughs> he would have tried to toss on how he oh. portrayed this team. Because just, literally, he blew it up. He blew it up because... From what we were seeing on the clips, he was just so arrogant that he, it, if, he, if he just said to Phil, you know what, I'm sorry. Here's a three-year deal. Jordan stays. Yeah. They win six championships in that six. He, like, you hear him say it over and over again, he, like emphasizing the organization yeah, over yeah. the players. Like, <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, like, Without the players, your organization is terrible. Like the Bulls, the Bulls up to that up till that point were known as like one of the laughing stocks of the league. And, and since Jordan's left, they've yeah, gone back to being the laughing stock of the league. Exactly, exactly. Other than like one year with Derrick Rose. Yeah. How, how many how many GMs have actually won rings? Not that many. Not many. No. Definitely not many. It's interesting to say like how many. How many like Messiah. GMs and presidents and like the background guys? How many of them do you actually even know, right? From every team. The only Messiah. reason why anybody is just Messiah yeah. because of Toronto. That's it. Messiah. Well, and Jerry West. And Jerry, yeah. Genie Bus. I know it was a logo first. Yeah. Genie Bus, right? You only know about her because she dates everybody. Yeah. No, and because like. Um, the stuff with magic and all that, yeah, yeah. I guess now stuff over this last summer, but yeah, anyways, yeah, I don't know about anyone, but now Pat Jerry, Rose, I don't know what, yeah, Pat Riley, but it's also because Pat Riley is like coach Pat and Riley. player icon, yeah, icon, yeah. Um, so like, I don't, I don't know what he was, Jerry Krause is thinking, like, he's trying to become this, this media star, and I just don't understand. I think the little man syndrome watching Space Jam. Uh, I think they, <laughs> I think they got that guy to be Jerry Krause lookalike. Okay, that is that is an amazing connection. That's, that's Newman, isn't it? That is Newman from Seinfeld. Oh no, yeah. no, no, no. Are, are you talking about Newman? Or are you talking about the boss guy? No, Newman. Stars. Because that's what I'm thinking when I when I think of Jerry Krause. Okay, that's also a good. Yeah. I think it's also a good one from the planet. Thinking, oh. I I think he looks like Newman. Like <laughs> he looks like Newman, but that also is good. I don't know which one now. Maybe it's a mix of both, right? So really, we have to thank Jerry Krause for Space Jam. Okay. Thank you, Jerry Krause. Thanks, thanks Craig. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part. I think when the the docu the documentary started with uh, uh, Craig Sager asking Jerry Krause about what's going on with all this backstabbing and stuff going on and. These pieces up. Oh, there is one thing I wanted to bring up, which I forgot to put on the docket. One more thing. Oh, come um, on. Just one more. One thing. more thing. At the very end of the episode eight, do you guys remember what Reggie Miller said? 
No. Yeah, he wanted he wanted he thought, to retire Michael yeah. Jordan. Reggie uh, Miller thought he was gonna retire Michael Jordan. That is the most absolute ridiculous thing I've heard in my entire life, and I cannot wait to see what happens. Well, in the next time. Reggie Miller is one of the most arrogant players I've ever. Yeah. Like I've I've seen documentaries about him, like the battle between him and uh, Spike Lee and stuff, oh. and like. He's not even the best basketball okay. player in his family. Cheryl's better. <laughs> okay, that's Cheryl's better. Cheryl <laughs> but, okay, you have to give those – I'm not saying Reggie Miller personally, but those Pacers teams – They were good. In the first three-peat and the second three-peat, took good. Jordan to seven games. No, right? Mark Jackson was all about Indeed. that, right? Well, but, another, another thing we brought up off-air was how good the Orlando Magic – would have been if uh, Shaq and Penny sure. stayed there and healthy. Yeah. And... For sure. Yeah. For sure. Samara and Jane is an Australian-based accessories retailer with all of the latest fashion trends from around the world. Ladies, update your style game with gorgeous earrings, necklaces, and other jewelry for affordable prices. And guys, you can shop for that special lady in your life too. Use discount code SPORTSREV30 for 30% off your entire order. That's SPORTSREV30 for 30% off your entire order. Use discount code at checkout at SamaraAndJane.com. Let's wrap it up, guys. Everyone, what I need you to do is go check out our new SportsReverence.com website, the SportsReverence.com. Um, it's brand new. It dropped just now. Um, so check that out. Um, also check out obviously all of our social medias, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, like, share, download. If you're going to watch or listen to a podcast, please download it because it's better for us. Um, so do that if you want to. Don't feel like you have to, but go ahead. Um, and guys, we're going to be back. I'm assuming we're going to do another podcast this week too. So I'm throwing that out there putting the pressure on for these boys and uh, uh feel free to shoot any uh questions oh, thoughts or topics you want us to talk about um yeah, sports related please and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun we'll get it we'll get it going all right drew what kind of sweater are you wearing there hackers ah oh, make me sick all right peace out everybody peace peace, peace.